the only podcast that can outrun a thunderstorm. This is Bombers. Thunder noises coming for you, Shay. Coming, coming, get you. I'm the weather. This is bombers in a thunderstorm. Uh, editor put in thunderstorm noises here. Nope. <laughs> it's funny because you're the editor. I, uh, yeah, no, I am bomber number five, Deg, with bomber number still alive, Shay. I am still alive, and I have changed my name. Formerly known as Spiegel, I am going by Shay from now on. Shay, my real-life human being name. Welcome to me. That feels like uh, overcompensation. Uh, Real-life human being name? Yeah. What's your real-life human being name? Why don't you share it with everybody? Uh, Me? Anthony. Or Ant. Okay. A.K.A. Deg. I am real human. Do you want to go skateboards? No. What? Yeah. uh, Why don't you uh, really just uh, tell us, you know, really get get into the nitty gritty about your thunderstorm escapades? Yeah. So I survived, uh, you know, as as you can hear, maybe. Um, Basically, I decided to go out on a quick jog around the neighborhood. And uh, that quick jog turned into a scared Shay huddling under a tree for 15 minutes waiting for his wife to come pick him up because it started thunderstorming so hard that even just running to the car from under the tree, I was completely soaked to the skin. Um, I mean, Midwest thunderstorms are no joke. Don't know if you've ever been in one. Don't know how they are out on the East Coast, but I would advise getting caught in one. Uh, Yeah, not fun. And the weather report only said an 11% chance of rain, so I figured, well... I'll be safe. I'll be fine. Like, you know, 11% of the time, it rains all the time. Right. Uh, so here I am. I survived. It's fine. It's cool. Um, I took off all my clothes. So I'm doing this podcast naked, which is what uh, all the fans wanted. It does sound different. Uh, like in a good way. Mm. <laughs> no Zyber today. I, I, I actually genuinely don't know. I know he's not here. But I I could not tell you why. I'm sure he gave some sort of reason, but I didn't pay attention. Probably playing that Mario Golf Super Rush right now. That's what I would be doing if I wasn't here. Yeah, well, uh, you know Zyber. He would be just playing it while here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love taking shots at him when he's not here. Do you think he'll listen to this? No, there's no way. I'm saying that just so that he'll yell at us when he does listen to it. Zyber, you suck. Wow. Now, what, you know who doesn't suck? Bombers. Bombers. Bombers doesn't suck. No, um, uh, who doesn't suck is our uh, Patreon people. And I bring this up mm. specifically because we have a new best friend of the show. Thank you very much, uh, Jazzy. Josie. Josie. I know how to say that word. Name. That person. Yeah, no, you're awesome. Uh, what's more exciting? And uh, Shay, you might want to... Uh, put your socks back on so that they can get blown off right now because we got fan fiction sent to us by Whoa, Josie. Oh, there they go across the room. There go the Pew. socks. They're just slapping we've against been the asking, wall. We've literally been asking for a fan fiction since the summer of 2019, and we have a fan fiction, people. This is not a drill. 
Yeah, it's, it's it exists. It's in the email. Uh, I have looked at it to confirm that it is real because Zyber pointed out that we got it and uh, I thought he was lying, frankly, because we've been waiting so long. Thank you, finally. Uh, but I believe uh, next week all three of us should be together, which means next week should be the live on-air premiere of said fanfiction. So yeah, we're going to read the whole thing. We're going to read the whole thing on the air. I don't even know how long it is, but we're going to read it. It's about um, 30,000 words. Oh, great. <laughs> I, don't, I, I have no idea. <laughs> we can do an audiobook reading. Uh, you know, so Josie, right? So she's our new best friend of the show, and she is very new on the scene. She only listened to the to the podcast for the first time last week, and immediately she started giving us money and wrote a fan fiction about us. So... I don't know what that says about all you other fans. Step up your uh, game. I mean, yeah, seriously. Either Josie is just really, really lonely. Or, or? well, it, it could be both, I guess. Uh, or just a big fan. Um, but yeah, it could be both. Uh, 759 so. words, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, that's not even a, that's not even like a two-page paper in college. Depending on the font size. Dude. Yeah, depending on the font size and whether or not you double space it and are using MLA or uh, the other one that I can't remember, APA. But you know, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's just con- like maybe it's just the first chapter. You know, so Josie, if you're listening, you know, if you want to write more, every time we'll you, probably read it. <laughs> every time you send fan fiction into the show, uh, we'll we'll read it. We'll read the next chapter. We'll read one chapter per show. The ongoing adventures of the bombers. Uh, we also have our, our other best friends of the show, uh, Anne and Rob. So thank you for sticking with us so long. Mm-hmm. You no have a new them. friend now. No fan fiction for them, though. So real slacking on that. And uh, we have our regular friends of the show, Crony, Haley, and Hamaru, who remain also amazing, but not as amazing as the best friends, nor as amazing as our uh, official Bombers author. I'm, I'm calling it right here. <laughs> Uh, you can, uh, <laughs> you can email us on, uh, something is it, this is bombers at gmail.com and uh, you it. can also follow us on Twitter at this is bombers. Um, I, I recently, uh, rejoined Twitter deck oh, and I've been, be careful. I've been going on a blocking spree. Every time someone posts something that annoys me, you're blocked. Uh, no, I'm not taking any care. I'm just even slightly Slightest bit of annoyance, you're blocked. And with Did all you... the political events happening around the world all the time, it's real easy to find people to block. Now, did you start a completely new profile that you're like fresh blocking, or did you pull up your old profile and you're reblocking? No, this is a brand new profile. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Real Ice Danger, which is my what? other name. Which part? So, uh, Ice real... Danger. The no. real part of the ice danger no. part. Real is ice danger. At ice danger, I think was taken. So I'm Dang. real ice danger. But you're the real ice danger. I'm the real ice danger. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, our main community is on our Discord, and we'd love to have you join us and chat with us because we're on there literally all the time. It's frankly probably a problem. <laughs> no, it's not. We 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 love you all. <laughs> uh. Anyway, um, okay, let's do... I'm done. It's your turn. Do some news. Now. 
It's time for the upcoming releases. Deg. Woo! I feel I feel like I'm getting too excited. I, I feel like I'm becoming a YouTuber with my obnoxious. I, I got to tone it down. I'm going to tone well, it down. Here's the thing. I'm excited to know what's coming out this next week from well, date of podcast to next date. You know, it's funny because I wrote all these games down here and and really you can already play almost all of them uh on on many platforms but now they're coming to switch uh because everything here is coming to switch um so let's start with destroy all humans this is a port of the the uh hd remaster of destroy all humans that came to ps4 and xbox one i believe last year um which is itself a a port of a ps2 game and ps2 and xbox game that came out in 2005 developed by thq uh you play an alien that comes to earth and like runs around probing dudes destroying humans you don't just destroy some humans in this game not even most humans how many do you destroy Uh, a majority of humans no no more than that more no more like uh 99.9 percent of all viruses (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, Disgaea <laughs> 6 Defiance of Destiny is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, this this game, actually, I, I think Disgaea 6 is a timed exclusive. I don't think it's out on PS4. Of course, um, uh, Nice is, I believe, the, the developer or the publisher. And I, uh, you know, Nice, I, I call them Nice. Anyway, uh, Nice is putting this game out. And, and since PS4 is all but dead in Japan and nobody can get a PS5, they're like, screw it. We're just going to make Switch the lead platform for Disgaea from now on. And I think that'll serve the game well. Uh, yeah, Disgaea 5 sold really well on Switch, even though it was a port. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Um. <laughs> all right. All uh, right. <laughs> let's, we need to get through this. Uh, how, about, uh, how about Ghoul Patrol and Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Uh, they are coming to Switch and PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Super Nintendo Classics, uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, of course, was first. Ghoul Patrol was like the sequel or maybe the spiritual sequel. I don't know if you have any fond memories of these games, Deg. I really don't, but I've always wanted to play them because they look crazy. Yeah, I never really played them. I find it interesting that apparently, according to what I'm seeing in this list, and literally I have no other information, that they're two separate game releases instead of being combo packed together. If they're sequels... Who's who's publishing these? I, I I bet... if you figure out who the publisher is, that will give you your answer as to why they're doing this, because that seems silly. Because that does seem silly. It looks like the release publisher... Yep, Disney Interactive. Uh, I believe because... they released they they released Lion King and Aladdin separately, too. Oh, no, they, no, no, they no, did no, a com- no, no, no. They did no, a combo no. pack for those. I just, uh, I, just, I just goggled it, and it's Zombie Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol together, $14.99. So they are combo packing it. Good, oh, good, good, okay. good, good, good. That makes that way more of a thing that I might actually want to pick up. Well, I know Limited Run Games, I think, is doing a combo pack, but the way that this is presented here makes it seem like they're separate. It doesn't matter. They're both supposed to be really good. Uh, I can't speak to it myself because I haven't played either, but they're both run-and-gun games, so if you're into that type of overhead action, go for it. Yeah, classic Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm games, LucasArts. Back when Lucasfilm made games, and they were pretty awesome. LucasArts. They were called when they were doing games. Right. Um, Sky, <laughs> Children of the Light. Deg, this is a That Game Company game. And oh, that, it that looks, one? Yeah, and it looks exactly like Journey. 
I don't know if you got this when it came out. It's coming to Switch. It's already been out on other platforms for a little bit. Yeah, those other platforms were mobile, so. Oh, really? According to gross. the internet. Yeah, super gross. Ugh. Ugh. All right, well, I I don't know. I won't get it, but I figured since it was that game company, I should bring it up. I mean, since you're such a it looks fan. like Journey, and uh, probably going to go pre-order that right after the show's over. Did you know that they are doing a crossover event with The Little Prince starting, I think, the week after the game's release? I don't even understand how that's going to work, but okay. Me neither, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on their website looking at screenshots of this game being like, this is basically just slightly more upbeat journey from the looks of it, and I am very excited now. I didn't know this existed until you told me about it right now, and I have a whole new world to get into. So, okay, Thanks. well, I'm I'm expecting a full report next week when we come back to record this. Um, yeah, well, uh, we'll see. So that's all June 29th, and uh, that's tomorrow. If you're listening to this today, today being Monday and not Friday when we're recording this, It'd be weird Whoa. if you're listening to it now while Dude. we're recording it. You'd be one of us, or possibly our executive bomb deucer, who's giving us way too much money. And doesn't exist yet. Nope. They will. Hey, look, if Josie comes in and just gives us $10 a month, like after one episode, someone eventually is going to be dumb enough to give us $100, just like sight unseen. Just just once. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's a sucker born every day. Uh, thanks, by the way, uh, Jesse, you're awesome. <laughs> We just need to find our sucker. We need to <laughs> yeah. find a bigger sucker. So are there any other games coming out? Or did we finish our list? I wasn't no, paying there's attention. one more. Uh, June 30th, so the next day, Wednesday, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus is coming to everything. Plus uh, what? Did you, play, did you play Doki Doki Literature Club? I've had it purchased for a very long time, and I don't think I've launched it yet. Uh, you know, I'm sure at this point, you know, a lot of you have probably had the point of the game ruined for you by the internet. That would be me. You have, yeah. I mean, what, once you kind of get that ruined for you, there's really not much of a point in playing the game. Um, it's, if you go in it, not knowing what to expect, it, it's kind of, it's a wild ride. It reminds me of Pony Island, which everyone should go play. Super subversive. Yeah. Um, and so is this game but in a way that you maybe wouldn't expect. So that's coming to everything. Uh, PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Switch, all the all the goods, Game Boy, Color. But sure. Shay, what's the plus part? I, I don't know. It's a, oh. it's yeah, a word that be... they appended to the end of the game to imply that there are additional features in it. Maybe there are more girls to date, more high school girls to be attracted to. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, I once you read it, I looked over at our document because, you know, I'm not going to look at it all the time. Doki Doki Literature Club plus everything. And I was like, that's a lot of things. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it, it's like every time the game everything goes on sale on, on Steam. Um, I, like I follow Wario64 on Twitter and he tweets all these great game deals. And he always tweets out when everything goes on sale because it'll say everything is two ninety nine on Steam. And you have to yeah. do a double take like what? Steam Summer Game Sale is on. Have you picked anything up yet? No, I mean, I'm so deep into Steam at this point that why add more to it? And it's not like any good good games come out anymore, you know? Uh, what? It does It does feel like less of an event this year than it has in the past. It's felt I don't like know less why. of an event to me for the past couple of years because there's so much of like, 
Why am I going to spend $10 on this game that I'm never going to play when I've already spent $10 on 50 other games that I'm never going to play? Because you know, I I hit that problem. Well, I had a problem, and now I've kind of gotten over it. You know, I hit that. I hit. I hit that plateau point of like, I have too much. Why bother? Wish I could hit that for some of the other systems because I just keep shoveling things into my Switch library. (laughs) Why even get out of bed in the morning? You're just gonna go back to sleep later. Pretty pretty princess party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why even bother adding more crappy games we're never going to play? We've literally both just impulse bought Pretty P- Princess Party on Switch because it was on sale. It was 25% off. So yep. wh- what's your excuse for that? Exactly. That's my excuse. You don't have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> <You> nailed it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all uh, right. Let's do... Uh, do you have anything else to say? What? To say about Pretty Princess Party or to say about no, the Steam just, Summer Sale? Just anything. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is on the sale for 33% off. Um, Microsoft is ending its refund policy. It's back on the Sony store. So that means the problems are fixed, right? Uh, I think they've no. technically supposedly have been fixed for a couple months and they just had to go through like recertification processes. Like the PC uh... version, I think has been working now for a while. Didn't Sony themselves warn people like not to play it on anything other than a PS4 or PS5 or PS4 I, Pro or PS5? I think they said specifically PS5. I don't even think they said PS4 Pro. I think they were just they, like, they were like, don't play don't this on a PS4. Play this on a which PS4. Is like, that's like unprecedented. But I mean, we kind of saw. It's just it's more of the whole. I just we we've gone over this so much on this show but the whole i want more games now why did you release an unfinished game like come on come on uh i don't i don't know if any amount of time like just the sheer amount of problems that were being reported on that game when it was released like I, i'm not sure that if there's anything that really could have like at the time i remember saying oh you know that this game just needed six more months in the oven i, I don't know because it's been six months it's been seven months and it is harder to do i think well at least i think it's harder to do updates when it's in when it's live you know in the user environment versus well you you still have a build of the game that's like internal and then you you know uh, presumably you could put all that stuff into a patch i don't think it would be a problem i think that it a lot of the issues that came from it did stem a lot from the whole uh xbox one ps4 builds and having to make it so that it trying to make it so it would run on those systems and clearly failing which then broke it on all the other systems too because that code's still in there and it uh, the whole cross-platform or cross-generational gap thing that's going on right now is very it's it's, it's unprecedented to a degree the amount of support that remains for the old consoles it's precedented because back when the Xbox One and PS4 were first coming out, it felt like there were a lot. There were there were some games that were getting cross gen releases. Now it feels kind of like everything is, I guess. So you, you're kind of right. Yeah, that's sort of what I meant. Is it does feel like as opposed to like, yeah, we're gonna pick and choose. It's like these games are all on both. So La- last gen, it was sort of like the big games were coming out, like your bat, like Battlefield Hardline. I think came out, ugh, like that came out on both. I think Battlefield Four, I think came out on both gens. I think 
Destiny. Uh, Destiny and and Titanfall came out on 360 and can you even imagine playing Titanfall on Xbox 360 that just sounds <laughs> oh no unpleasant uh but but yeah now it just seems like kind of everything the only the, the big major releases that haven't come out on PS4 that have come out on PS5 are like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Astrobot and uh you know stuff stuff that you would consider I don't know if you've seen Ratchet and Clank like I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff but Not I was right. over at my good friend Piddle's house the other day and he was showing me like the ray tracing on the on the light in that game and, and just how the light kind of bounces off the environment that is an incredible effect that I didn't know I needed in games until I saw it in in that game until you saw it in action in an actual like live environment as opposed to yeah. YouTube videos and whatnot which don't well, do enough well, now I'm convinced, like, more than ever, like, okay, I, I get it. I get why this next generation was necessary. Fine. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, and you know, I'll, I'll present this as a question. What is your take on the cross-generational? Should they continue to support the old systems while people are slowly moving over to adapt or adopt the new stuff? Or should they only release on the new stuff as an incentive to adopt? I don't like it, and I've never liked it, uh, the cross-gen stuff. I understand why companies do it. I understand why consumers like it. Um, but for me, someone who I would say is actively buying and playing games as they are coming out, you know, for the most part, uh, I try to, um, you know, it doesn't do a lot for me to be given the options like, hey, do you want to get Kena Bridge of Spirits on the PS4, a console that you can actually buy, or would you rather wait and just get it on PS5? It's like, well, I, like, I want to play it, but I don't think I'm willing to get it on PS4 and, and you know, suffer through all the downgrades that that inevitably comes with. So if it it's kind of like a zero-sum game where I want the PS5 version, so, like, why are you even bothering to release a PS4 version, I guess is... Like, in my mind, that's kind of how I look at it. I uh, have to say that I agree with you for the most part, uh, especially looking at, like, this is a, a, an interesting example, but Breath of the Wild, which came out on Switch and Wii U. I know it was developed originally for Wii U, but why bother? Why? why? Well, they, they kind of made a promise to people who bought that system. I mean, I get, but, but then again, you know, the promise is kind of broken at that point. Because here, we're putting out this shiny, great new piece of hardware. It's coming day one to this system, and... You want the shiny new thing, and you want the console that it's probably going to be fairly optimized for. And we know now that Breath of the Wild does run better on Switch than it does on Wii U, marginally, uh, but but better. Um, and you know, it, well, so again, it just it, it just you kind of ask yourself the question: like, it, are you just going to go for the subpar experience if if you're a consumer that has the option to buy the next gen thing? I'm going to counterpoint myself real quick. Because uh, as much as I don't like Twilight Princess, the GameCube version is the superior version to the Wii. But why Wii is the GameCube version the superior version? It's not because it runs better. They run the same. It's the better version because it doesn't have a shoehorned-in control system. Right. So, I mean, that's a function of the Wii itself, not of the fact that it came out cross-gen. Yeah, but the Wii was the shiny new, and it turns out that the shiny new was not better. It also is, came is out the, first on Wii. It, it got delayed by like a month on GameCube, which was a real slap in the face. Yeah, that was... Because that was nobody awful. could get Wiis for like the first year and a half. Yeah, it was You it think was these PS5 shortages are bad? People are getting PS5s. There were no Wiis in America for like a year. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. No, you're not wrong. Good talk. Um, I asked you a question. 
I think let's let's keep questions going. Mm, let's pull some bombers segue. notebook. Fans ask us questions, and you can ask us questions too if you join the Discord and ask us questions in the bombers notebook. And this is bombers notebook. This is a double whammy, <laughs> Deg. Um, I'm not prepared. This is a this is a question from Nelthane, which turned into a question from Ocean Voyager, who is a new listener. Yay. Welcome. Um, and I actually, I liked pairing them together because I thought it would facilitate a good discussion. So prove me wrong. Oh, question. I can. Do you want question. me to? We're going to. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to throw up over here. Don't, uh, don't. If you had to don't. ask someone one to three trivia questions to determine if they are a true gamer, what would they be? And that's from Nelthane. And then Ocean Voyager followed it up with saying, and how would you define a, quote, true gamer if you believe that such a thing exists? So how do you want to tackle this? Um, I guess I should answer it or you should answer it and then we should talk about it. Well, Sounds like a good answer, way to tackle I, it. I asked, I asked the question so you should answer the f- first and the, then I the, respond and then we, then we talk. As, uh, wait. Walk me through it again. I'm not sure I understand how to. Okay, so work. I ask the I ask the question uh-huh. to you, and then you. Right. I don't ask a question, and I respond to my own question. It's not rhetorical. If I did that, why why do I need you? I could just do my own podcast. I'll be I'll be bomber. This is bomber. Am it's I supposed to? Me. Am I supposed to answer that question that you just asked? That's not a que- no. That's not a question. Just answer oh. the bomber's notebook question. Oh, the bomber's notebook question from Nell about the trivia questions. Yes, about the trivia questions. What would my trivia questions... I See, I have to side with... I, I actually kind of have to skip the Nell part and go straight for the Ocean Voyager part because I think that it's uh, too gatekeeping. Like, saying, oh, true gamer. Like, anyone who plays games is a gamer. There is a difference between a mobile gamer and any other gamer, but that doesn't necessarily... Like, you know what I'm saying? So, am I, I'm not really. Do you remember when expressing. they introduced the when they when they introduced they the marketers when the marketers introduced the term casual core in 2008? I was yeah. out. I was out on the phrase like I was out on gamer entirely, and I, I'm very the word gamer turns me off so hard because it just it's unhelpful. It, well, it just reminds me of like marketing teams sitting in in their rooms at these companies and just like looking at consumers through their crystal ball and like slowly everyone's just turning into walking money bags with legs and I'm just like I don't I don't like this. You got to get like your this at all. You, you got to get your game fuel and your gamer Doritos and your gaming chair I'm a gamer. and your gamer I, I, headset I play games. It's like look it's the basic idea of labels are important if they're important to you, and if they're not important to you, then screw them. If you want to call yourself a gamer, guess what? You're a gamer. Congratulations, you did it. Do you play games? Yeah. There, you've qualified. Do, what if you play mind games? Are you a gamer? Like if you like if you are manipulative and a narcissist, and you're constantly gaslighting people. Hey, are you a gamer? Hate... No, you're a player. Don't hate the player, man. Hate the game. Well, you can hate narcissists because they're bad people well this is true what if you're a a a role player a role play gamer is that a that's a gamer right what if you what if you dress up as a french maid and you whip keep going (laughs) 
no, no, no. Paint a picture. Paint a word picture. Uh, I don't. I don't want to anymore. I need an adult. You're the one that's naked. Look. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I just. I, I, forgot, I, I feel like we should. We should just move on. I don't no, I, want to answer these questions. No, no, no. Well, and I. That's my whole point, though. Like it's it's a label, and labels are useful for categorization, but not necessarily great. I mean, it's the whole thing with, uh, uh crap. Uh, well, you had an argument with somebody about like what makes an RPG an RPG, which yeah. I found, which I found extremely irritating. But I understood what like what you guys were going for. Yeah, I, I just uh, found the, I found the discourse kind of irritating. I don't know. Well, the whole argument was two people arguing different points instead of agreeing to argue over the same thing because my basic point uh, is when it comes to something like this is like if it's not a helpful label if it's not a helpful identifier or descriptor then why bother and in a world where video games have become so pervasive into all of pop culture and basically everyone plays some sort of game somehow what use is the label of gamer well, let me ask you a question. What what would you describe as a... Or give me an example of a useful label. Like, would you consider Republican and Democrat? Would you consider those useful labels? Because I wouldn't. Yes and no, I, I think, when it comes to that. Because if you're a member of said political party, then yeah, that's a useful label because it's describing what political party you're in. That's it. That's a factual statement. But it, but it doesn't it's, really tell you anything... Other than what party you're in, it doesn't tell you your ideology. No, and that's that's the no part of it. It's only useful in as much as describing which political party you are a member of, and from then, even within said political parties, there's such a wide gap of different ideology that it, it it's it's not helpful at all. And that's sort of okay, the same so- thing with being a gamer. I'm a console gamer. I'm a tabletop gamer. I'm a mobile gamer. I only play WoW, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, saying so, a gamer is not really useful, what games do you play then? That's where you start getting into the more interesting information. I like to play FPSs. I only play single-player games. That's where the information comes out. So the label of quote-unquote true gamer is useless because, again, how do you define quote-unquote true gamer? If you're a true gamer, you know the year when Midway went bankrupt and sold all of their properties to Warner Brothers. That's question one. Do you well, know? I'm not a I'm not a true gamer. Then you're not a true gamer. It's yeah, 2009. See? And this true gamer garbage is also just so gatekeepy and elitist that I hate it on a like visceral level. I like gatekeeping. It's my favorite hobby. But well, I, I guess you're not a true gamer if uh, gatekeeping is your favorite hobby, but not gaming. No, I think I think if you if you're a true gatekeeper, gaming is your favorite hobby. You <laughs> yeah, you're to, right. You seem to gravitate uh, towards each other a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, it's gross. sorry, Nelthane. Sorry, Ocean Voyager. We didn't really an- well, like we kind of answered Ocean Voyager's question. Um, kind of. Yeah. I, I, question number one of my trivia question to determine if someone is a true gamer is: Do you play video games? Or sorry, do no. you play games? Now, there's a difference. There is a difference between playing games and playing sports, even though sports are games, because an athlete is, I would not describe as a gamer. What about a baller? How do you become a true baller? Do you have to have a cool car? Uh, you got to get uh, a little bit rims. taller. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well played. Well played. It, is it? No. <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever done. All right. Uh, ah. Now it's time. It's time for the next segment. I think. I was having fun. Uh, next segment. Uh, keeping up with the bomb theme. Weird. The weekly bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, we have a bomb theme on this podcast. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Uh, the weekly bomb, where each of us bombers come up with some recent news item and the rest of us discuss on if we think it is a bomb and terrible news or the bomb because it's awesome and we can't wait for it. Yeah, it's a real 90s segment. Oh, Do you want I me to go it. first? I'll... Yeah, go ahead. I want you to go first. All right, speaking I... of the 90s. All right. Sega. You remember Sega? Yeah. They want... Uh, this is from Silicon Era. Uh, Sega wants to make a Sonic the Hedgehog theme park. Okay, this is the quote from the article. Sega art director oh. Kazuyuki Hoshino has reportedly stated that the team is working to turn Sonic the Hedgehog into a VTuber. Oh, no. This will, Well, first of all, I don't even know what that is. We'll, we'll come back to that. This will come as part of a new broadcast project. Hoshino also stated that the team's next goal is to open up a Sonic theme park oh, due no. to the success of the recent Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, so, no. Le, so let me get this straight. Movie comes out and is popular and makes money and that translates into let's make a theme park what what okay where is the mission impossible theme park where is the alien theme park where is the titan where's the avatar theme park the most successful movie of all time they had uh, they, they did that in disney they, they did yeah there's the pandora section of one of like disney world or something that sounds made up it's real uh, I, I think it replaced the no. animal kingdom I don't believe you. This is stupid. This is real stupid. Hey, wait. Um, so, so does does a success so release of a successful movie translates to theme park? How do you explain the Mario theme park? I don't see no successful movie. How much how much money did that Mario? I'm gonna look this up. I, I want to see how much money that movie made. I can, I'm just not curious. a lot. Can't be. A it's lot. got. I bet they broke even. They had. So, <laughs> they had to have broken even. <laughs> They just they funneled some of the video game proceeds into it to just bury it in the desert next to ET. Okay, so they just barely lost money. It made thirty nine million dollars, and it, the budget was forty two. So they lost three million dollars. Sonic the Hedgehog theme park, bad idea, Sonic or Sega. Uh, worse idea, Sonic the Hedgehog VTuber. Oh my goodness. Okay, so explain to me what a VTuber is, because I, I actually do not know. All right, so you know how we recently did that live cast episode of The Bombers? I don't like where this is going, but yes. And you know how we were going to have uh, Zyber's uh, picture with the flappy mouth? So that it like no, was it would be no, animated I, to him no, talking? That's a horrible idea. Why would we... No, I don't remember us talking about that. That sounds stupid. Well, Zyber don't tell talked me. about that. Don't tell so me. So a VTuber is basically... An animated character on a stream that oh. is synced to oh, the no. voice and movements of the actual streamer. Why? Why do we need this extra degree of separation? Well, for some people, it's security stuff. For some people, it's tapping into the weird anime girl fetish that we talked about during the Doki Doki section of the podcast. Um, and for Sega, it's whoever your actor is doesn't have to be 
you know, you just, a it's, blue hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> and it allows for they're kind of hard to find live interaction instead of pre-recorded interaction. Okay, well, it doesn't sound as dumb na- like when you explain it that way. Oh no, it's still real dumb. I, I, I didn't say it wasn't dumb. It's just not as dumb. Like I get it, but. But like I was saying before the show, like th- there is no character and just experience in general that I want to die more than Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic is celebrating his 30th anniversary this year, and I'm just like, you're the type of p- a person that I really hoped would like go through his hard drug phase in his early 20s and not come out of it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like Sonic 06, that is your rock bottom, and it, but it, but it. But that's the end. You did, you did, the, the problem was, kept going. Not really on drugs, but just sort of like a shell of of the, the person you remembered. Like Macaulay Culkin, Sonic. That's kind of mean to Macaulay Culkin. I mean, no offense to Macaulay Culkin. Like, he, he's really put himself together here and, and had a, a somewhat meaningful career after a troubled past. But if you listen to him in interviews and stuff, it's it's just kind of weird. Well, soon Macaulay Culkin can put on a Sonic skin and VTube. I would watch a Macaulay Culkin acting as Sonic the Hedgehog VTuber thing for mm. at least two hours. You, you know, I was joking, but I think we're on to something here. Quick, email Sega. Quick, email Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Email them both. Oh, I, I don't know. I just, I just said some not very nice things about him. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want a Twitter beef. Oh man, I put my Twitter handle out there and everything. I can sense a Twitter beef with Macaulay Culkin coming right now. That's a one way ticket to mediocre fandom. F- At realized danger. Realized danger. All right, what's your weekly bomb, Deg? Uh, so uh, IGN had an article they put out that uh, Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season will be themed around Reach, Halo Reach, um, which their their like tagline for the article is, Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season will be called Heroes of Reach and aims to, quote, root your multiplayer character in the larger Halo universe and give them a vital, active role, unquote. It sounds like Metroid Prime Federation Force. Doesn't it, though? A little bit. Like, I, So I, I don't know enough about Halo to like really comment on this, so I'll let you kind of take the reins here. <laughs> I liked the idea originally where they started sort of scripting the Halo multiplayer as an in-universe thing where the Spartans are training against each other. And it's like, all right, that's cool to to do that. It feels like they might be leaning a little bit too hard into that now. Because the whole, your multiplayer character integrated into the larger universe, and it's like, bruh. Have you seen some of the armors and stuff that people put together and like the goofiness that happens in multiplayer and you want that to be all considered canon to your universe. Ooh. Calm down. To me, to me, whenever, whenever these companies kind of, kind of do this thing where they kind of like want to put you into the world and like really immerse you and, and make you forget that it's a game and like get away from all the really gamey stuff that made Halo successful in the first place. It it just seems a little weird. It it I sort mean, of destroys some of the experience to a degree because I just want to just want to play. Like I, I like I, games. I, I like yeah. Doom. I like 
you know literally what i was about to say doom is like here's a bunch of arcadey garbage and we're not going to explain it because it's a video game and you'll like suspension of disbelief the weird parts because the story's still fun and more importantly the gameplay is there i mean it's just it's just badass you know doom 2016 is just badass uh so you don't care about the fact that you just jumped you just double jumped on air to grab a purple ball spinning in the middle of a room where demons are like spawning on every side of you and you're just like punching the crap out of dudes and health and armor is exploding forth from their corpses like we're not going to explain because the logistics of this it's happening why, why are, enjoy why are there why are there plastic canisters of gas for your chainsaw just lying around the hallways of hell who cares it keeps you chainsawing them in half go with it and then halo apparently is all like well you see the lore behind that one specific canister of gas is uh corporal jenkins uh was walking and uh got mauled by uh covenant and now it's here it's like cool um i just wanted to play the game lore is important lore is is good for a game universe especially one that's as advanced and in age and both and quality as halo i just think that you don't it's multiplayer. Like you don't need to multiplayer should be the the part where you remember that it's a game. Yeah. Do you, like, do you disagree uh, with that? No, I, I I agree with that. I I remember like the era of all games will have a multiplayer feature tacked on for the sake of it having multiplayer whether or so, not it should So like have 2010 mul- basically. Yeah. yeah, Last of Us basically. Which had multiplayer figure that out i you play as joel and the other player is ellie and it's asynchronous and you play as a 40 year old dad trying to shoot a 13 year old girl yeah something like that it's that era that's what i, I imagine like it is we need to tap into not necessarily that those exact actions but at least the mentality behind it which is yeah i don't need to explain it it's here and play it the lore like what i loved about like halo 3 and halo reach like map packs and stuff is they gave you all of this cool lore about the area about what the map is about how it fits into the story they never really explained why you're there why you're fighting there because nobody cared you're fighting there because it's a new map for multiplayer the map and story and lore of the area sweet the map and lore or the the lore and story and background of the random spartan i'm playing as who is dying every 20 seconds depending on how good i am at the game is like bro calm down nobody cares dude bro let's go get some mountain dew and some doritos let's go hit up the 7-eleven and get some uh, game fuel oh yeah bro halo play some gotta halo play play some call of duty click gotta c- click them heads dude isn't it weird that like Basically, after Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare came out, Call of Duty has been a more relevant game franchise than Halo. Halo was on top of the world when Halo 3 came out. I think Halo stopped being highly relevant after Reach, which was the final Bungie uh, Halo game. And that was 2000 and... like 2011? I think, no, I think it was... Made you reach for a PS3? Is that what the... Uh... Yeah, you take a look at it and you turn 360 degrees and apparently walk <laughs> right back where you were going. <laughs> no, reach, reach was 
three was good. Reach was basically like peak Halo. Um, I really liked ODST personally, but I would say that it had relevance past even Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. It's just it did not properly keep the stride, and Call of Duty got Activisioned. Uh, if you know what ODST stands for, you are a true gamer. Oh, sweet. I, I did it. I, I do, too. Orbital Drop Shock Troop. I don't know how I know that. I've never played that game. I, I just know. That's yeah. right, right? I didn't just embarrass myself. No, you 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 are a true gamer. That is how you know. Okay, good. Whew. Okay, good. Nailed so I make sure. it. I would say I would say this is uh kind of a like a dud firework more than a bomb. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't It's not it's not terrible, but it's not good. <laughs> it's just it's it's sort of like what's surrounding Halo Infinite in general, which is just kind of this general wet farts. Yeah, it's not well not a wet fart. That would be kind of gross and bad. I mean, it's better than just a big old crap in your pants. Uh, which is what which is what the Sonic theme park is. <laughs> dep- <laughs> depends on what you're into. Um, oh. All right, let's do the album of the week discussion. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to comment on last week's album, the 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 uh, the, the world music, the African uh, music one that uh, Justin recommended, which I really liked. So I, I just want to say that I really liked it. Um, I, I like world music like a lot. Like that. I like world music a lot because it gives you an opportunity to kind of forget about the vote you just forget about them and you just kind of listen to the vocals as another instrument and and it's fun to integrate all of that into one thing and without knowing what they're actually saying it it almost takes on this different kind of meaning if that makes sense yeah it's very almost ethereal because you you get to you get to feel the emotions behind the vocals and not necessarily behind the lyrics which is cool right right uh, but now uh, let's talk about my album, which uh, this is actually my week, um, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about it at all because I nominated it. Obviously, I like it, and I'll just respond to what you have to say about it, Deg. It's uh, Bright Green Field. This album came out this year. It's by a band called Squid. It's another one of those post-punk kind of, uh, you know, we're in this really weird spot where like a lot of bands that are coming out from Europe sound exactly like this. But for me, it was the arrangements. It was the, I'm getting too much into it. I'll let you go. What, what did you think? I didn't write too many notes, but I did write a few notes about it, um, which I'll just read them for you real quick. Uh, the lyrics feel sort of like tweaked out cake or maybe stoner Devo or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I totally hear the Devo thing. That's good. Uh, and then Boy Racers, which I think was track four, if I remember. Uh, was fine until about the segment at at the four minute to seven minute mark where it was three minutes of just weird bass noise, which uh, frankly uh, was too long and got boring. And I did not care for that. And that that is the moment at which I started souring on the album, unfortunately. Mm. Um, However, track three right before that narrator uh, Narrator. was called was was creepily awesome. I love I did love narrator. By the time I got to the end of the album, I honestly kind of got bored of the album. I don't think that I would revisit. I might revisit like narrator, but a lot of it was not uh, vibing with me. And I think it was because it had that um, post-punk uh, uh, like aggression behind it that maybe just wasn't the mood that I was in, but the the, the ambient bass three minutes of of just 
weirdness did not do it for me, and I f- could not get out of that space that it sent me to after that song. I will say that Boy Racers always does kill the momentum for me, too, when I'm listening to the album, and that's probably the low point on it for me. Um, there are a few moments where... This is like a 54-minute album, and, and there are a few moments where I'm just like, you probably could have cut this down to like maybe 46 to 48, and it would have been really good. Um, it's still probably my favorite album of the year because I really like what they did with with the arrangements, and they, they get really out there with some of this stuff, but... Uh, I'm I'm sorry you didn't like it, but uh, you know what? Not everything can be for everyone, and yeah. uh, a lot of people I, have compared it to the uh, to Modest Mouse a little bit. And uh, Modest Mouse, incidentally, new record out today as of recording. I got to go listen to that. Yeah, I got to listen to that too. But I um, I would say overall, I didn't hate it, but I got bored of it and did not fall in love with it. It's a wet fart out of five. It is a Sonic the Hedgehog the theme park. Oh, <laughs> what is the narrator of the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise? Sonic and Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yeah, and then everything else is like Sonic Unleashed. Boy Racers is definitely Sonic O Six. Boy Racers is Sonic R. Oof, <laughs> it's completely super out Son- there. And super doesn't Sonic belong. Boy Racing. And I, I don't even remember any of the names of the rest of them after Boy Racers because that one. Killed me, man. I'm dead. Don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry that you're dead. Since you're dead, why don't mm-hmm. we uh, wrap this podcast up with a little bit of what you've been playing? Finish recap. Well, I'm dead. Dead people don't get to play things. Yeah, you played some things. I, there's some stuff on this list. Yeah, I didn't play things. I watched watched the most recent episodes of Disney Plus's Loki and Bad Batch, which is the Marvel cinematic universe and star wars shows so you don't care (laughs) i I don't is bad batch that show where it's like the villain and he's like there there's that's the clone troopers stormtroopers but they rebelled they wear white masks they wear white Helmets. helmets yeah sure they have they have lightsabers not quite but you know what we one one day you should uh, do like an interview. You should ask me questions about Star Wars and see just how little I know. Like trivia questions about Star Wars. Are you a true Star Wars or gamer fan? Yeah, what do you call a Star Wars fan? Just a Star Wars fan, because like a Star Trek fan is like a Trekkie, right? What about like a Star Ward? Are they Warsies? That doesn't sound great. Star Warsies? No, that's no good. We need to come up with something uh, if there isn't something already. Call him Jedi. Oh God! I could just Im- oh God! <laughs> it would be like that. Would be like if you're a Harry Potter fan, you go around calling yourself like a wizard. Like, oh, I'm I'm a wizard. Actually, I think they're called potheads, which is fantastic, or Potterheads, which is less fantastic. I'm going with potheads. I'm gonna go with pothead because that's that's yeah. That's the one that I like the most. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, honestly, my week has been real busy. There's been a lot of stuff going on, so I just haven't done much gaming other than. You know, Picross, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You <laughs> you posted a real gnarly picture of your ceiling, uh, which was leaking yeah. liquids. Mm-hmm. Guess it was. Liquids from my sink drain, which also happened to include backflow from the shower and toilet. So, gross. So, long story short, you had to burn your house down and start over. Yeah. 
And um, maybe uh, this time you'll put pipes in the ground instead of in the ceiling. I, uh, I'm a recording from the field outside in the tree where the storm and lightning was. You sound good. You sound. I, I'm not picking up the rain at all on the mic, and I haven't heard any lightning. Yep. You're. You know what? That's sound engineering. Talk to Amaro about that. We have a great. Uh, we have a great editor who who is actually getting all this stuff out. Wait, that's me. Um, <laughs> this week, I, I I actually I beat three games in one day on uh, Saturday last week. So it technically, it does count for this week's podcasting perspective. I beat, uh, so I'm going to, we're running out of time, so I'm going to list four games, actually, that I've beat in the last week, and I want you to tell me which one you want me to go in-depth on. Okay? I like that you're picking up the slack for me on the gaming front here. I appreciate that. Go! Well, I don't know why, I don't know why. I, I just f- suddenly found myself completing, like, four games at once, and, and uh, there's actually another one on here that I didn't even mention, uh, a short hike, but I won't get into that. Let's oh. talk about Dragon Warrior, uh, the original Dragon Quest on, on NES, uh, To the Moon, Super... Hot, hot and Tom super hot, hot. super hot. hot. Thomas was alone. Is the fourth one. Um, which one do you want me to go in depth on? What is Thomas was alone? Like I actually have seen that name, but I have no idea what that game is. So that's one of those like early indie age, like the dawning of the indie game dominance stuff. Like I think it came out in 2012. It was I want to say a PC game and then it was like a Vita exclusive for a while oh. not an exclusive obviously but it was like it was like a big Vita game early on um basically you play as a series of colored shapes rectangles and squares mostly and uh, each of them have different powers and it's it's like a puzzle platformer and you have to kind of like Box Boy if you played Box Boy on DS you have to kind of traverse the the world as you move these shapes to their little goal boxes. You have to get them. You have to get the shapes into the correct boxes to move on to the next level. And there's like a hundred levels. And this weird story kind of unfolds as as you go through the game. And uh, it's it's about these computer AI. Th- these these shapes represent computer AI, like escaping the computer and into the real world and doing weird stuff. Apparently, and it gets it gets really weird. Uh, but it's cool. It's it's a it's a cool game. I really liked it. I gave it a four out of five. Um, I felt that maybe some of the levels were a little fluffy. They could have just gotten rid of them and it would have been fine. That sounds neat. I'm going to have to look into the game now. Usually pretty cheap. You can get it for cheap. And uh, I, it, was only, it was like five bucks on Switch. So I picked it up on Switch because um, why not? And you, I already you, have it on Vita, of course, but I needed to get it on Switch too. <laughs> yeah, of course. You recently, did you finish Dragon Quest Eleven? Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, I finished a couple years ago. Um, but it's awesome. I love that. Yeah, because now you're playing Dragon Warrior, which became the Dragon Quest series. So, how what's what's your comparison between modern and uh, the initial? Well, the original Dragon Warrior is like one of the like granddaddies of JRPGs, right? So it yeah. has like virtually none of the trappings that you would see in a modern game, but it does have like the origination of a lot of those concepts. Uh, first of all, no party; it's just you. You're just one dude uh, going around and fighting enemies which is real weird. Um, so you learn spells, right? You, but you don't learn like healing touch or, you know, cure, or you, you learn heal. And uh, for a damage spell, you learn hurt, huh. which I think is pretty funny. That's good. Uh, um, I think you learn f- like in the original game is called, I think fire uh, in, in the, in the switch version of the game, which is actually the mobile version of the game. It's called Sizz. 
which is what it would go on to be called in future Dragon Quest games. Um, but there's like virtually no personality to the game whatsoever. Uh, it's it's a it's like literally what you would expect a JRPG template would be today, and then you just like build off of it. But but it's like they didn't do any of that. It's just the template. Interesting. So does it hold? I, what does I, it hold up as a good experience? No, not really. Um, it's it's interesting to go back to, and I did complete the game. It's not very long. It's um, I, I think it's worth playing to kind of get the context of like where RPGs would go. But as an actual like, if you're if you're just into like gaming, just to like have fun with games, like I wouldn't really recommend it. Hmm. Super hot's so. pretty great though. Super hot. Super um, hot. I'm like bad at games, dude. Because I thought that game was really hard, and and maybe it was because I was playing on Switch and not on PC. Because I assume you played it on PC. I did. And I assume that with the mouse controls, it was much easier to aim at dudes than it was like trying to do it in in slow motion while like there were 15 dudes like spawning around you probably i see well because the game like turns off or like the slowdown is very pronounced if you're not so let's let's back up let's back up just a bit so super hot is a game where when you move the enemies move if you stop moving the enemies and and thusly like the shots they're firing you also pretty much stop moving they go in very slow motion so basically if you don't move you're probably not going to die but you need to move in order to kill the dudes so you can advance to the next stage um it's super stylized it's crazy it's a really unique game never played anything like it and it's a hell of a lot of fun but it was so hard man but i loved it i thought it was a great time yeah i I loved because it's not really a shooter. It's more of a puzzle game, honestly. It's like a puzzle shooter, yeah. Yeah, which is such a cool idea, puzzle shooter. And what I loved was when you finished the level and got to see the like real-time actions that you performed. It was always like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Oh, I love that was my favorite part of getting to see the replays when you finish the level. It it so the the game plays out in slow motion, right? But when you finish the level, it plays it in as though everything was happening in real time, and it makes everything you do look super twitchy and cool. Yeah, like oh man, I was so fast to react on that thing, but really it took you like a minute to puzzle everything out as you were doing it in real time. But or, the replay was like fifteen seconds. Or you went through and died at the same part fifteen times, which oh, happens to too, me too <laughs> yeah. often. Too often. But yeah, if you Super Hot's been around for a while, and if you haven't played it yet, definitely go check it out because it's really cool. Uh, the big knock against Super Hot is the price. It's like thirty bucks or like twenty five bucks. Really? Well, I mean, it goes on sale pretty frequently now. But like when it first came out, it's like a it's like a three hour game probably, and, yeah, and it was not... like twenty five bucks. And it it was it was one of those things that kind of got built off of a tech demo, I think, and then people got upset because people, but. I would love to see them do more with that IP just because the the entire idea of how it plays and everything is really great. I'm a little worried that if that if they tried to do more, it would overstay its welcome. To me, the reason that I feel justified in paying the price is because I, this is the type of game that I'm going to bust out to people who don't play games or people who play games kind of sparingly. Like my wife, for example, I feel like this would be a really good first-person shooter for her to get into because it's so different and it's so not a shooter that she could gain the sensibilities needed to succeed in a shooter without actually playing a shooter, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. 
Super hot is super rad. It's the bomb. Super bomb. bomb. Uh, okay, time to rebrand the podcast. I'll be back. All right, let's we'll just wait quietly. Super. <laughs> uh, all right, we, we need to end this thing here pretty quickly. But I have a, I don't know I have so much stuff. I I played a lot of games, man. I played uh, To the Moon, which I thought was kind of an indie game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't really. Everyone I said start... like, "Oh, prepare for this! Prepare for this crazy emotional gut punch!" And I just kept waiting for it. And it was like, "Well, okay, it's kind of sad, I guess. I don't know." Yeah, I picked that up because everyone was like, "You're super great storytelling, and it's so emotional." And I played a, like twenty minutes of it and was like, "I cannot get myself invested in this," and stopped. Uh, the doctor character, like the the dude, Doctor Watts, I think his name was. He's he's such a jerk that I just I don't. It just turns me off. Like the I think about it and I'm just like, man. These characters are kind of unlikable for a game where I'm supposed to be like really emotionally invested, which is always a killer. Uh, I'm also playing Nino Cooney: Wrath of the White Witch. Um, I picked that up on Switch. I saw it on sale in a store, and I'm just like, "Yep, I gotta buy that again." Um, so now I'm finally using it, using it as an excuse to actually play it. Did you is play Nino Cooney when it uh, when it came out? Is that the first one or the second one? The first one. The second one's not out yet on Switch. Oh, okay. Um, I own it. But that's it. That's the end of the statement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I it. I don't. I ah. Uh, it, it's it frustrates me in the in a similar way that like Pokemon does, where I'm just like the writing is so. It's very Japanese in that it feels like it's over-explaining things that don't need to be explained. And there are a lot of concepts in the game that I'm like, oh, man, this game is not really for kids. Like, it's too complicated for kids, I think. But then you go to the writing, and it's it's written as though it's like this children's story. And I'm just like, it, it just kind of, it kind of clashes well, it was, in my mind. It just doesn't, I don't know. It was made with a lot of uh, help and cooperation from Studio Ghibli, and all of their movies are very, like, for kids, but tackling a lot of subjects that are not for kids. I don't even mean the subjects. I mean more like the gameplay. Uh, the, the the subjects can be a little heavy, but but like a like a Ghibli movie. But, uh, but the gameplay, I think, is, like, too complicated for your average kid. I don't know. Interesting. It's a JRPG, so I'll probably never actually sit down with it. In summary, kids are stupid. <laughs>